Wellnesspreneurs, are you ready to stop side hustling and start making an income doing what you love? It's time to pull up a seat and align your third eye on the prize. Each week, we will have conversations with successful creatives in wellness, business, marketing, and more to uncover practical methods to take you from A to B. My name is Jessica Cross, and I am so excited to link arms with you and get started. Let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode. It's Jess. I am so glad to be here with you today and to share this incredible chat I had with my friend Beth Bowen. She's a licensed master social worker and the head of content and coaching at the Reframe app. Her story is so incredible and how she got started in her business is not exactly what you think. Uh, And she is so generous with giving us a peek behind the curtain, how she got started and how it's going now. And I think you're going to love this episode so much and you're just going to love her too. So let's take a listen. All right. Hey, Beth. Hey, Jessica. Good to see you. Good to hear you as well. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I would, I've been dreaming about this and I am just so glad that we get to connect in this way because for whatever reason, since we met like several years ago, I was like, I I feel like we're going to be friends. I don't, I'm not sure how. (laughs) I feel like our paths crossed in many different ways and it was like, okay, let's, let's do this. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Thanks for kind of being open to the, the serendipity of it all. And um, I'm excited to chat with you and share this with everybody too. Yeah, me too. So um, we got to hear a little bit about you in the intro, um, but I would love it if you could just tell us a bit about your journey and, you know, what, what brought you to today? <laughs> it is a very long and meandering story. I feel like there's, there's like no starting point and, and probably no ending point at this point. Um, but I, I think I told you when we first talked, I, I kind of have just been spilling my guts on the internet for the, like the last decade. And in many odd and interesting ways, it has brought me to where I am today. Uh, so the, the work that I do today is um, kind, of, kind of multifaceted. I work for a tech startup in the sobriety space. So it's kind of interesting. It's a mix of mental health and tech at the same time. Um, but my background is in clinical social work. So I have my master's degree in social work and undergrad in psychology, love the, um, the mental health field and the, this idea of, of mental wellness, really kind of integrating it more into the wellness space uh, and stumbled into this, this tech work after I went through a very long journey of, of changing my relationship with alcohol. So I have been sober for about three and a half years now, going on four in September, and kind of did it on my own at first, and then started stepping into this alcohol-free community online, uh, which is kind of my little home space. And through just sharing my story and connecting with others on this path, it really started marrying this idea of my personal experiences and my mental health background and got me kind of into this idea of coaching and, and of working with other women who are changing their relationship with alcohol. And long story short, kind of eventually ended me in this this uh, more full-time position working in this tech space. So it's like I said, there's not really a beginning, not really an end, and it's a very unusual path, but that's that's kind of where I've landed. I love that. And I think, I think that's what it's going to draw people to this episode too. And when you were telling me the story, I was like, wait, whoa, okay. Like that's an interesting, like 
you know, as you said, meandering way. way well, and I, I've been blogging since like before it was ever cool. I blogged in, starting in 2013 <laughs> when it was like back on like blogger.com and it was very rudimentary. And I think I had a, a weight loss blog at the time, which is really funny because that's like miles away from any of my ethos or uh, interests these days. But yeah, I just, I, I really believe in the power of storytelling and of, opening ourselves up and letting ourselves be seen and have just have this like compulsion to overshare much to my mother's chagrin um and <laughs> lo and behold it really opened a lot of doors for me across the years that's amazing and i giggle um i giggled the first time you said spilling your guts on the internet <laughs> since before it was cool and i'm giggling now um but it's so it's so true because you you just started like you just mm -hmm hopped right on in there. You didn't wait for someone to be like, hey, Beth, you should start a blog. It was like, what are blogs? Like, what is yeah. that thing? And you're well, like, it's no. funny you say that because I actually, before blogging, was like in junior high. Zanga, was Zanga around when you, I don't know like what generation you are, but I was like blogging before it was even a thing. And it was like in junior high and I'm like, Kyle is cute and I like him. And I'm like typing this on way on my like private Zanga account. <laughs> Don't like it. I love it. I love it. Uh, yeah, we, we won't get into what generation I'm in, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's crazy because you know, we talk about like be, like growing up in this world where it was like mm -hmm. you know there was the like come home when the streetlights come on and then like blogging yeah. and we've seen this whole like crazy change that's kind of brought <laughs> us to where we are today. Um, I just, I just love that you, you were comfortable, you hopped in and you knew like whatever I'm supposed to be doing is going to reveal itself from this process. Mm -hmm. It's so cool. Yeah. And I, I think too, one of the things that you said that that made me think of is this idea of, of not doing it, not having permission to do it or not being told to do it. Um, I think I, I have always operated from this idea of messy action over perfect inaction before I even had a catchphrase for that. You know, you hear that all over the, the business world these days. But before that was even a thing somebody taught me, that really has just been how I've operated. And, and, and not because I'm, you know, I, I know better than anybody else. I think, like, it goes back to that idea of this compulsion to overshare. <laughs> but I really... <laughs> have always at the heart believed like we're better and and more compelling when we're operating from authenticity and operating from just like this human version of ourselves who does things without being perfect and does things that feel right and shares stories in places that maybe nobody else is doing yet or, or nobody else is, is sharing yet but just knowing that that feels good for us in the moment and I think that there's a lot of, um, that's a very compelling thing to see in another person. So whether or not I knew what I was doing, I think that that is kind of how all of these messy, very messy in, at times, um, steps that I've taken over time have, have gotten me to where I am now. I'm glad you leaned into that. And, and as, as tried as it can be in the business world, the, the messy action thing is what moves you forward? It, mm -hmm. it, gets you out of that perfection. And I, and I say you, I mean me like too, like I'm in it all the time. And I, I just love talking to other business owners and, and, and people in this space who are like, they recognize it and they do it anyway. Yeah. Just keep going. Yeah. Yes. yes. So good. So good. Um, so I know this whole process of <laughs> spilling your guts on the internet. <laughs> 
and, and working in social work and your own personal experiences has kind of brought you, this has been the genesis of, of your journey into the sobriety space. So, you know, and helping others through your coaching practice, like, so how, how's that all going? How's it all working for you these days? I mean, it's a work in progress. Everything is a work in progress. Um, yeah. So, you know, we've had a, a really busy year because I started in a, in a personal coaching business where I was working with clients one-on-one -on -one in a group setting and have made this pivot into more of it's not corporate because it's you know still startup, but more of this um, structured business space. But I I love that I can still bring in all the pieces, the human pieces to it. So it's tech, but it's, it's deeply human. It's it's this this app that helps people change their relationship with alcohol, which is inherently such a personal thing, and we really do have a lot of space to keep it personal and to keep it where where we're we're doing this hand in hand because I think that's that has been the thing that has guided me from the beginning. I feel deeply connected to other people and believe strongly that we heal better when we do it together and when we do it openly and in the light. And so it's just really lovely to be able to bring all of these different pieces. So not only my formal background, my my clinical training, but also my personal experiences with alcohol and with deciding to not drink alcohol anymore. And then just kind of learning how to navigate life from there. You know, we really do get to bring all of these different pieces in. So it's just really rewarding to get to do what I do. Um, I still have to, you know, pinch myself sometimes because I don't know how I landed in a, a tech leadership job as a social worker uh, who likes to talk about our drinking problem on the internet, but here I am. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love it. And, and you're getting to, at least from the, the, the parts that I understand of your role at Rayframe, you're getting to create content, which I, I think mm. is another thing that's like very yeah like so so the whole the the core to give a little more background about the app reframe is an app that is based in a neuroscience and psychology framework for changing your relationship with alcohol whether that is cutting back or quitting entirely and we really approach it kind of a, as a modern version of um, mindful drinking or changing your relationship with alcohol because the the black and white labels don't look work for a lot of people they didn't work for me and it's it's this kind of stepping into a different way of doing things so I do write the content for it so it is uh, we have like a 365 day habit change program which is kind of the base of it but then we also have other components built in like coping mechanisms we have a whole like meditation library we have a lot of things um, we've got we've got some coaching we've got a forum so it really is a multifaceted thing which makes it really fun for me because I, I get to kind of if I, if I can dream it, I get to, I get to do it. So we get to really build a lot of neat features into this, this program that it calls on a lot of different modalities and a lot of different fields. And we have a little bit of a kitchen, kitchen sink approach where it's like, we'll, we'll provide you all of the information and you take what works for you. And, and I think that that idea of, of no one right way is such a core principle for so many things. Like it doesn't have to just be about changing your relationship with alcohol, understanding like there's no one right way to be a business person or to be a person who is expanding their reach through social media or whatever that looks like. Just understanding that whoever tells you that you have to do it this way, it's, it's 
that's BS. There, there's no one right way to do anything. Um, and we really do take that kind of approach at Reframe. We just give you all the information and you can take what you want from it. Well, that's beautiful. And I, you know, I, I also don't drink alcohol. I've been in that for a couple of years. It just kind of took a break and it was, a, you know, it was a conscious decision, but it was also something I was like, I'm just going to try this mm. for a little bit and, and see. And I, at the time I didn't know about, I mean, and maybe reframe wasn't even a thing yet. Yeah, Who knows? But, new. <laughs> probably brand new, but it's, it's so nice that I think maybe if I had known about something like a resource, like reframe before, especially because it's like, Oh, it's got meditations. Well, that's like mm-hmm. totally mm-hmm. my jam. I might've considered it sooner. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's interesting that you say that because I I know a lot of folks in the wellness spaces who are starting to decide that it just doesn't work for them or doesn't serve them or doesn't align with the other pieces of of their wellness life, whether that's professionally or personally, and stepping back from it. But you're right. When So I quit drinking three and a half years ago. And at the time, there really wasn't there's one one thing out there that was was talking about a different way of, of being a person who doesn't live with alcohol in their lives that wasn't the 12 steps. And so I kind of clung onto that, you know, really, really closely. But there's this really vibrant, big community of people who are choosing not to drink that has, has developed over the last couple of years. And there are folks from all, all walks of life. You know, I personally, my story is, is one of of falling into addiction. It, my alcohol use escalated really heavily when I had my first son who I warned you earlier, he might walk in without his his pants on, but he was, he was two when I quit drinking and I found early motherhood to be a time when my alcohol use really increased because I was lacking in any other sort of coping mechanism. I didn't have anything to calm my central nervous system down. I didn't, I just, I bought into the mommy wine culture, hook, line, and sinker. So that's when I found myself struggling with alcohol. So I personally come from from more of this addiction standpoint. I don't identify with any sort of label, um, but I also know lots of people who come to it from a health standpoint or a wellness standpoint, or they tell me, I know this is the one thing holding me back from the job promotion I want. And it's really interesting when you take this one thing away to see all of the other things that it opens up. And and I, I find people have a lot of fear about that before before actually putting one step, one foot in front of the other and taking that first step. Because it's like, gosh, how do I live in this world, which is a very alcohol-friendly, boozy world, um, how do I live in this world without this this substance that tells me that I'm fun and I'm social and I'm glamorous with it. And and how do I go to social events without drinking? And, and then you do it and you realize, okay, it wasn't that bad. I, you know, I can do this. And I, I really just think it's so cool to hear about more people deciding this for different reasons. And I think, you know, the, the whole, the whole basis of, of, I guess, before I, before I had language to, to express this, but I've always believed that our stories open doors for other people, which has kind of been why I've, I've spilled my guts on the internet for so long and, and has really built a lot of rich connections in my life from people reading my words and being like, oh my gosh, me too. And, and I think that that's the case with alcohol too. So when people hear me tell my story about early motherhood, then that gives them permission to step into something new or somebody like you who is a leader in the wellness industry and then the business industry saying that, that 
opens the door for someone else to say, hmm, maybe this is, this is something I should do. Um, and not to say that we're, you know, I, people call me an influencer. It drives me crazy, but, <laughs> but it really is this idea of, of giving people permission to try something a different way. I love that. I, I, and I see why the word influencer isn't quite a good match. Yes. It's not the best bit. <laughs> in, 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 there, in there's a ways. whole field of sober influencers. And I think it's just, it's, it's not my scene. Hmm. Yeah. Not interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I hadn't, I had not considered that. And I, and I think I will now, um, yeah. from your words, uh, like you said, something else to consider. I think it's, it's so powerful what you said, because we are inundated with this, this culture mm. and we don't, at least I didn't know that there was another way. It just was a part of the way we did things. It's, mm -hmm. you know, I, I work, I also work in events. Events yes. are very alcohol centric. Yes. It's, uh, it's, it's getting better. People are starting to ask mm -hmm. about, you know, other options and, and ways to sweeten experiences that aren't solely focused on alcohol. Yeah it's happening. Yeah, um, it is happening slowly, but surely it's happening. It's funny you say that because my husband's uh, business gives, a, he, it, they already did this before he started working there, but they give their clients a free bottle of wine when they're a new client. And I can, I'm not always the most fun person at parties. Often I, I love, I love going to parties. I love being social. Um, but sometimes uh, my viewpoints around alcohol are not like, the most pleasant, uh, uh, what am I trying to say? But basically I've never brought this up. I never brought it up, but the whole time in my head, I was like, you know, they're giving wine to people who probably shouldn't have wine or making somebody who doesn't drink feel uncomfortable for saying no, or, you know, just, just this, but it's, but it's a very subtle shift that people don't make until you know somebody who has struggled. And just the other day he, uh, asked me, he goes, Hey, I think we need to have a non-alcoholic option. What do you think we should gift? And I was like, oh, ding, 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 ding. You know, three years in, we're, we're starting to have this shift of understanding that not everyone drinks alcohol and it's, it's having it as the only option and having it as something that is the norm is uh, restrictive in a lot of ways. And I think we're getting better at, at understanding that, um, the word that comes to mind is, um, cultural appropriate, no, that's not the right word, um, political correctness. We, you know, it's, that's not the point I'm going for, but this idea of understanding that what is our reality and what is the way we view the world is not necessarily the way everyone else views the world and opening access to more options. So we're getting there. It's, it's a process, as you know, as a person who doesn't drink, it's still a very boozy culture and a very boozy world. Um, but I think we're starting to get up to a point where there are more options for people. And it really, when I think about when I quit three and a half years ago and there was one person on the internet talking about living without alcohol, um, in a way that was different than, than the traditional ways. And now there are hundreds of people talking about this in different ways. Um, you know, I think we're getting there. Yeah. That, oh, that's so powerful. It, it's almost a part of this cultural reckoning that we're mm. already going through mm -hmm. it's another layer we're questioning mm. things in ways that we never would have before as just part of it yeah and i think too i think a lot of young people it, it's interesting to see the data but a lot of the younger gen x no gen z's um are just not even starting to drink to begin with 
which is mm-hmm. very interesting because I think the the shift in this idea of wellness is changing too and we're realizing you know we eat organic and we go to yoga class and we buy sustainable products and then we drink something that's a neurotoxin i think that there's starting to be a different perception of that among young people especially um but there's there's just so much cultural and societal programming that that we still have to kind of step out of the matrix a little bit for yeah I, I didn't realize that there were studies that are showing people are at a younger yeah. age choosing not mm-hmm. to. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like millennials and older still drink pretty heavily, but some of the younger Gen, Gen Zs are, are drinking less. It's it's very interesting. I, I remember, uh, you know, I started drinking at a very young age, mm-hmm. um, definitely before it was legal yeah. <laughs> for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I, I think that's common. I think many people do or did at least at um for, for our generations. And I remember having a friend who, who didn't, and that was just, that was his thing. And I remember being so perplexed by it. Yeah. And yeah. now it's now like to your point and in, in the data, it's, it's more and more common. And I love that people are being exposed to the idea just sooner. Mm, yeah. Well, and it's, it's so funny that you say that. Cause I was always the person who would like give somebody a hard time if they didn't drink or if I found out a woman didn't drink wine I'd be like oh we can't be friends yes um, but now I'm, I'm that person now <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it's it, the, the 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 layers of like social pressure are mm. really intense and they and I find too they still are in some circles yeah I, I don't know about you, and uh, and we may have talked about this before, um, but for the listeners, I, I think we talked about a little bit, um, you know, being in those those situations where everybody's drinking and you're not, and it's almost as if they think you're passing judgment on them mm. in some yes. way. Yeah, it's really interesting. Every negative reaction I've ever gotten to somebody when I've told them that I don't drink alcohol, um, usually I find out later on, and, and this confirmed my belief, um, that they had a lot of stuff coming up, that my choice to not drink brought up a lot of stuff for them, stuff that had never crossed my mind, is not on my mind, it's not what I'm there for, I'm there to do my own thing, um, but I've had several friends who, you know, years later have been like, well, I, I realized this isn't working for me and I don't drink anymore, um, so so when I work with somebody who is, is new to this and, and is starting to go out into the world and is afraid of what others will say about them not drinking and, and like you said, afraid that other people will think they're judging and, and all of these kind of projected feelings that we, we all project onto each other and throw onto each other, um, the root of it is, is I've found to be most true that somebody else's negative reaction to me not drinking is, is much more about them than it is about me. And just this understanding that we all have our own stuff. I don't, I don't know if I can curse on here. We all have our own stuff. You can. That, okay. <laughs> We've all got our own shit and, and, and we really project that onto each other and just rooting back into this idea that we can go our own way without like having to have this confirmation from other people. We can know what's right for us without having to align with, with what everyone else is doing. And we can really um, just kind of stay in our own lane. I think that's that's what it comes down to. Removing alcohol was probably the number one most instructive thing in my life around boundaries. 
it really was the catalyst for learning how to build boundaries and how to stick to my boundaries and how to gently enforce them with other people. And, you know, talking about going into a room with a bunch of people who drink and you're around alcohol, choosing to live without alcohol has really shown me what I will and will not do and what I do and do not enjoy and has given me the freedom to not feel like I need to show up in an inauthentic way just to please somebody else. So whether that's a bar or whether that is going to a party where there are a bunch of drinking games, like I, I just know for myself there are things that it's not necessarily that I'll be triggered if I'm around. I, I, I don't crave alcohol anymore. I don't. It's, it's just something that's not on my radar. But I don't have fun. If everyone's playing beer pong and I'm just like, everyone's getting sloppy and you know I've, I've learned that that's not fun for me and so rather than trying to power through that whether rather than try to feel cool and stick around I've just learned what doesn't work for me and and I find that very freeing and I find that has been very instructive for other pieces of my life as far as establishing boundaries as far as knowing my limits knowing um, what I, I can and cannot mess with and, and what just doesn't feel good and has given me the permission and the language and the practice because it's it's so rooted in practice to start applying these boundaries elsewhere, to have boundaries around my work hours, to have boundaries around my time with my kids, to have boundaries around the kind of energy and the kind of people that I spend my precious time with because time is very precious. I don't have enough of it. And and so it's really interesting when I come back to this idea that this one thing, this one liquid that I was drinking has really instructed me in so many different ways to create a more holistic wellness well wellness life. That's not the right word I'm looking for. More of a holistic, well-rounded life. Um just just by not drinking but yeah I think it's I think it's hard when you're new to it and you're going out into social situations and I am not really one to sugarcoat that it's it's practice it's always practice it's never as hard as the first time and you get better every time that's amazing advice it it really really is you kind of have to lean into it a few times Mm -hmm. to to feel out your boundaries and and figure out what feels good and, and what what doesn't and well, and I think it, it. it roots in this idea of discomfort and mm-hmm. how discomfort is not always wrong or bad. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of us come to using alcohol to get out of discomfort and we use it to change our state pretty quickly so that we get into a different feeling. We get out of this uncomfortable feeling. We get into relaxation or elation or whatever whatever we're seeking. And so first off, we, we, we unlearn how to sit with discomfort. So we get, we get worse at, at learning how to sit with discomfort because we're using something else, whether it's alcohol, whether it's TV or food or sex or whatever, to bypass this discomfort. So we, we've, we've learned how to, um, or we've unlearned how to sit with this, and then we remove the one thing that is helping to numb down those discomfort, those feelings of discomfort or those uncomfortable feelings, and we remove it, and suddenly we feel everything really intensely. And especially with the, these social things, you know, we, we there is discomfort with it. It is not going to be easy the first time, and learning to sit with a little bit of discomfort and learning to tolerate that and to get through it without numbing out without distracting yourself by passing that feeling builds tolerance and resistance for the next time. So it really does 
get easier with every single like moment of discomfort that you are able to work through. Mm. I can, I can attest. I, I definitely had those moments too, when I stopped drinking and things get, you know, a little bit more <laughs> intense. You just mm. notice situations where you normally would, and you're like, Oh, okay, this is different. Mm-hmm. And but like you said, it just, it gets easier with time. It gets easier with every opportunity that you have to practice. Well, and, and early sobriety is actually when I got into yoga and mindfulness. So fun fact, when I first quit drinking, I came to this by Googling yoga to quit drinking. I did not practice yoga at that time, but I was like, those yoga people have their stuff together. I bet if I did yoga, I could fix myself. And... Um, yoga didn't fix me, but in many ways it did give me the tools and the the skills to be able to sit with that discomfort and to not necessarily have to bypass it, which was a very foreign experience to me. That was something I was not familiar with. I was really used to glossing over feelings very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that there are so many beautiful tools within mindfulness and, and yoga and, and meditation and breath work and all of these things that really taught me to care for my central nervous system, which is at, at the root of it, a lot of, of where my alcohol use came from. Mm, yes. And, um, I think yoga people are, um, extra crazy. <laughs> we need it the most. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's so funny now that I practice yoga regularly enough, I'm like, oh, yoga people still don't know what they're doing, yeah, but no, 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 no one knows. <laughs> they just, no they just look like they, they're a little more zen. Yeah. There, there's little, there's glimpses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and speaking of, I hear that you're diving into yoga teacher training. I am. I'm so excited. So the way you and I know each other, obviously you know this, but uh, we <laughs> go to the same yoga studio. I'm going to your summer solstice thing on Sunday or Saturday. I can't wait. Um, oh, that's tomorrow. That's so exciting. I know. Right? <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's, it's just been a dream for me for a long time. And it's, something that I just kept kicking down the road and said, I'll do it when I have more time. And I've got two kids and a full-time job and it just never felt like the right time. But, uh, soul strong just came out with their online self-paced program. And so I jumped on it. It, it's, it aligns perfectly with the, the pace and the, the way that I can learn this material and gain this knowledge. Um, while still juggling all of the different plates that I've got spinning because there are a lot of plates. But it's it's been a dream for me because one of the things that has been really um, informative to to the way that I go through this, this life without alcohol is this idea of giving back and of service to other people. Um, the, the first the first, my first step into this was gifted to me by somebody else. I was gifted a scholarship for a program and I'm going to get a little choked up thinking about it, but just this idea of being able to pay forward what I was given when I first quit drinking to somebody else through whatever that may be. And and for me, I really see that as um, holding space in a yoga capacity, a teacher capacity um, for folks who are sober in recovery, wanting to be sober, sober curious, whatever that looks like, um, but kind of some, some volunteer classes. So that has been a, a dream of mine for a long time. So I'm really excited. Well, I'll have to, I, I'd like to share something. Um, I, when I first met you in, in class, I actually thought you were a teacher oh. already. 
Um, you That's really funny because I'm not the best yogi, but I well, do love it. It's not even that. And and I think that, you know, we have these ideas of what a yoga teacher is, is, you know, she, she can pop into a, a handstand, no problem. And she does crazy transitions and rinyasas. I mean, amazing, but it's, it's about the leadership quality mm. and the resonance of some of these energy that makes them a good teacher. Mm. It makes them the, the right fit to deliver the, as you were saying, the, the message that they want to bring to their community. Mm. And I'm thrilled to know that you have like married these two things and in all of your experience, because you're going to just, you're going to serve so many people. That is like one of the nicest things anyone's ever told me. So thank you. Well, well, you're welcome. You can pay me later. No, just kidding. Uh Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And we'll, we'll see if I ever get my headstand, but I think, you know, I was telling Julie this, Julie's the the owner of Soul Strong, but what drew me to the yoga studio that you work at is, is that it really is um, just the most welcoming studio I've ever been to. I've been to so many studios where it's all about image and who can do the handstand and who looks cutest in their matching Lululemon outfit. And that is just not where my physical, emotional body lives. And at Soulstrong, it really just feels more about um, the the heart of yoga and, and the service and the community than anything else. So that was where, that's where my little yoga teacher dreams blossomed. <laughs> I love that. It just, uh, it really just makes, gives me the squeezies, like the little heart yeah, squeezies. The squeezies yeah. Oh, I like that. I'm going to borrow that. That's cute. Oh, please do. <laughs> yeah. I think I borrowed it from somebody else. So yeah. I'm going to use it, but, um, yeah, I just, I just love that, that you're, you're going to be an amazing teacher and you're going to serve so many people. And I'm just, I'm just thrilled to know you and mm. get to watch, get to watch all the amazing Thank things you. that you're going to do. Thank you. It's really special. Yeah. And just adding one more thing to my repertoire. I've got it. I've got yeah. quite the eclectic background at this point. <laughs> yeah. And I love it. I think it's what makes you so special. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so speaking of eclectic black background, you have so many like amazing things. Like not only are you making huge moves in the sobriety community and like bringing reframe to more people, you're going to be bringing yoga. You're a mom. Like you, you have so much stuff. And you said there's a lot of plates. I think that might be a bit of an understatement. Um, but I would love to know through this whole journey, it could be personal. It could be business. It could, it could really be anything. Like what's a, a piece or two of advice that you have for somebody who's, you know, curious about wellness, like how, mm-hmm. how to feel better about them. They're in their bodies or they're stepping into business. They feel like they need a million certifications to get started mm-hmm. or just something that you want to share with, with folks that are listening. Yeah. I feel like that's such a good question because I think we have this misconception of the people that we follow being experts and knowing all the things and having it all together. And I've talked with those people one-on-one now, and I can tell you, nobody has it together. Nobody knows what we're doing. There are people who have millions of followers who are still struggling with the same things that we're struggling with. And I, I think at the root of it, I just go back to this idea of we're all human and imperfect and to live in that space and to allow yourself to be seen in kind of this idea of this messy middle is really compelling and really um it attracts people to you in a different way than being the perfect image on instagram than being the perfect yoga teacher than being the pillar of leadership in some business 
that is that's that's so distant that it's inaccessible for people and especially if you're a business owner if you especially if you're a business owner where your business is your brand being human and and allowing yourself to be seen in, in imperfection and in flaws and and sharing stories that can be vulnerable and uncomfortable i think for me has been the thing that has has continued moving me forward and it also just feels really aligned to live in that space. And I, I, I say that because I lived outside that space for a long time. There was a period kind of in, in my middle where I thought I had to be curated and I thought I had to be the kind of person who spoke to all people, who was everyone's cup of tea. And I really squashed a lot of, of who I am. And I really only shared things that were perfect and I only had this perfect business image and I, I only, um, I was, I was very neutral. I was very vanilla and that, that not only didn't work, that not only didn't attract the right kind of people that I want to work with, but it felt very wrong. And, and that is also ironically when my alcohol use escalated quite a bit. And I think part of that was just obviously the mental health and the motherhood, but also this idea of not living in your full iteration and not living as your whole authentic self. Um, there's, there's a disconnect and kind of this dis-ease that comes from that and, and it shows. So long-winded answer, but my first answer is um, just to be, be who you are and, and allow yourself to be seen as imperfect and as somebody who doesn't have all the answers because we don't, nobody, nobody really wants the person who has all the answers. Nobody really needs that. They want somebody who can connect to them on a human level. And my second, I have two, I'm going to give you you guys two. My second is, is self-care above all else. And, and I'm very, speaking of one of the boundaries and let me back up. I I don't mean self-care like bubble baths and, um, like face masks and I definitely don't mean self-care is wine. That's something that grinds my gears like nobody's business. Um, but when I mean self-care, I mean like really, really regimented boundaries and making tough decisions and speaking up for yourself in ways that feel uncomfortable. Now we're going to, um, help you move forward and, and saying no. And, and for me, when I am not in, good self-care and, and for me specifically that looks like a very sacred morning routine i have quiet time in the morning i have reflection that's when i'm i like to get up at five i'm a morning person um and i'm very boundaried around that time and around what i will and will not do and with the kids like they're gonna watch netflix if they're up at five because i need that morning routine um but i find when i'm i'm off of that routine or i'm out of that out of step with that, or if I'm saying yes to too many things and I'm finding that my time is really crunched and I'm feeling that energy drain, then everything else falls apart. Then all of the work becomes hard and all of the work becomes an obligation and I start experiencing burnout. And and when you get to that space of burnout, you can't do anything well. I mean, you can, you can, you can certainly do things, but you're not doing it well. And especially if you're in a service industry or if you're in an industry like coaching, um, if you have nothing to give your clients, then you will not be successful. Uh, so, and in addition to, to living authentically, this idea of, of really putting yourself first in a lot of ways and, and there are parallels to this with early sobriety. And I, I teach a lot of this idea of, 
extreme mothering in early sobriety where you really have to put yourself first, even if you have kids, even if you have a family and a business and a job and a house to maintain, like you really have to put your wellness first. And I think there are pieces of that um, as an entrepreneur or as a business owner that are, are also applicable. That's that's really generous. I, I love both of those pieces of advice. And thank you for sharing from your heart because I mean, I, I'm taking stuff from that too. Mm. I, th- I think as, you know, as, as business owners and in and, and, and the wellness space too, we, mm. it, it might be trite, but there's that you can only give from a full cup or you can't right. give from an empty cup. Like it's, right. and it's so, it's so tr- funny. There's so many trite phrases, but it's like, you know, there's, there's quite a bit of truth to it <laughs> because they work because yeah. it's true. Yes. Right. And, and sometimes you get reminded several times. It's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I I should pay attention to that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's really, really great. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. What kind of cool stuff do you have coming up that we can be a part of? Um, that's a great question. Well, I do a Instagram live every Friday. We call it feel good Fridays. It is a mental health chat where I interview another therapist or psychologist, or uh, we've got a neuroscientist coming on soon. And it's, Oh, this is on the reframe Instagram. I should mention it's at underscore or no at reframe underscore app. Um, but I love it. It's one of my favorite things to do every Friday because it's just a chance to talk to somebody else in this field that I love and am part of, but get a different perspective and really get bite-sized tangible tools to use. That's, that's, um, important to me that it's something that's accessible and you can you can automatically go use right away. Um, so I do that every Friday at noon central on the Reframe app Instagram. Um, what else do I got going on? <laughs> I think that's that's what we've got going on right now. I'm also a co-host of the Dry Life podcast, which is available on Apple, iTunes, all of the above. Um, and that is a podcast for the sober and sober curious. So we bring on other folks who are alcohol free, hear their stories, learn their tips and tricks. Um, I co-host that with my friend Kayla Lyons. And yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm always behind the scenes over at Reframe. I'm pretty busy over there. Yes, I see, I see your, your content going by and I'm like, oh, I see, I see that's bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can tell. <laughs> well, it's so good. We'll put links in the show notes for, for everybody Perfect. to access your amazing stuff. And then um, you'll have to keep us posted when you're finished with your teacher training. I will, I will. Like we'll see. Summer. I've got a busy summer, so I'm, I'm like trying to plan my calendar and finish it but I'll let you guys know because I really like I said I love this idea of having this space for folks who are sober sober curious alcohol free and I already I already have an idea for the name of it and everything so I'll let you know when that's ready to go (laughs) oh I can't wait it's gonna be amazing I just know it well thank you so much for your time it was even better than I expected. <laughs> You're so great. You're so generous. And I just, I love spending time with you. I think we're probably going to have to do this again at some point. I know. Perfect. Absolutely. I'll have to have you on ours. And I am excited because I get to hang out with you tomorrow at uh, the summer solstice. I can't wait. I've been looking forward to it like forever. So it's finally <laughs> here. <laughs> Okay, cool. Well, thank you again. And um, you're just amazing. And we're so excited to support you over here. So keep doing the amazing stuff. Thank you. You too. Thanks for listening to Third Eye on the Prize. Got an idea or something to share with Jessica? DM her on Instagram at at jessicacross.co and let her know what's on your mind. We're so grateful for your support, especially as a small woman-led business. 
Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time. Thank you.